play began, you gave just right. I thank God for you. Larry's going to preach to us tonight, and I'm going to let the rest of the singing set for the wayside. Okay? You can sing the next time out, okay? Boy, I, uh, I sure am happy I came to church this evening. I've been blessed already. I got some uh, new glasses, got them uh, this weekend, I'm getting used to them, and I, I can now see what you all are saying. And, uh, <laughs> I got a backup, just in case these didn't work, and I know you're saying, oh, ye of little faith. Uh, I'm going to tell a joke. Uh, I, laughter calms me, and I want you to act like Christians, and even if you don't find this joke funny. I want you to laugh anyway. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it right there. There was this woman, and she took a skillet, and she just hit her husband over the head. And he says, ow, he says, what, what in the world did you do that for? She says, I was doing the laundry, and I found a name written down. It's Mary Lou. He thought for a minute, he says, honey, he says, hey, I just went to the racetrack, and a buddy gave me the horse to bet. And it says, that's all, I just didn't want to forget that horse's name. And she says, oh, she says, please forgive me. Two days later, she took a bigger skillet and hit him in the back of the head. When he regained consciousness, he said, what in the world did you do that for? She says, your horse just called. <laughs> Tonight, I want to talk about debt. I want to talk about a co-signer. And I want to talk about forgiveness. That started with me when, when I was about 16 years old. I needed a vehicle, and uh, I needed money to buy that vehicle to travel back and forth to work. And my brother loaned me the money, and I paid my brother back. And uh, I, I gained a little bit of credibility with my brother. Before long, I needed a car. I didn't have the money to buy the car, so I went to the bank. And the banker says, well, you really don't have a pass of credit. You're going to need a cosigner. So my brother came with me, and he co-signed for me for the car. Now I've gained a little bit of credibility with my brother, and I gained a little credibility with a banker. Before long, I've gotten loans on my own without a co-signer. And before long, I was able to co-sign for others because I had credibility. And then it happened one day when I had a dream. I had a dream that cost $2.1 million, and uh, I wanted to encourage you all not to have that same dream. Uh, overhead got intense I, I, I told my dream to one man and he believed in it I told it to four others and they joined me as partners and us as a five told 44 other investors which cost 25,000 apiece which was a mill one I told the banker and he believed in the dream and it cost a mill there and then uh, this was before Christ you see I didn't have God in the plan and overhead got intense, and I couldn't make the payments. So I've lost everything. And I went to the banker, and I says, listen, I, I can't make the payments. I, I, I've got to borrow money at least to pay back my friends that, borrowed, that I borrowed money from because I wanted to maintain credibility with him. And he opened up the book, and he says, uh, being because of your past, because of one transaction, you have no credibility anymore. You see, one one mistake cost me my whole life's credibility with him. And it reminded me of the story of the farmer who 
borrowed money from the banker. And he calls the banker up and he says, listen, he says, I have some good news and I have some bad news. I need to meet with you. And he sat across from the banker and he says, tell me the bad news first. He says, well, you know that money that you loaned me for the land? He says, yeah. He says, I ain't going to be able to pay you back. He says, you know the money that you loaned me for the tractor? He says, yeah. He says, I ain't going to be able to pay it back. And he says, and you know the money that you loaned me for the seed? He says, yeah. He says, I ain't going to be able to pay that back either. He says, my goodness. He says, you're killing me. He says, what's the good news? He says, I still want to do business with you. You see, I still wanted to do business with a banker, but the banker looked at my past and says, no, you, you, you're going to need a cosigner. And the moral of the story is to reach heaven, you're going to need a cosigner. You see, as you stand before God, picture, if you will, God being the banker, and you sit before him and says, I need to come into heaven. And God's going to sit you down, and he's going to open up the book, and he's going to look at your past, and he says, you know what? You have a blemished record. You have sin. And the wages of sin is death. He's going to take me to Romans 6.23. He says, but I got some good news for you. In that same sentence, it says, but through Christ we have eternal life. And he looks over to his right-hand side and he says, Jesus, do you want a cosign for this man here? And Jesus is going to take a look at you and say, yes. He says, if he truly repents and believes in me, I will cosign and trust in him. And then, church, he not only becomes your cosigner in the only way into heaven, he becomes your cosigner through this life. You see, Cindy and I, is anybody else in debt besides myself <laughs> and Cindy? You see, there is absolutely no way with my past record because of that one flaw that I should have got a loan for this house. But you know what? I had Jesus Christ as a cosigner. The banker didn't know it. But you see, they loaned us money. And we shouldn't have got that money. He made a way because we trusted in him. And he became our cosigner. Tonight's message is about a cosigner that you need to reach heaven. If you will, I'm going to talk about forgiveness. And we're going to go to Psalm 51. I want to explain how do you get this relationship with the cosigner, Jesus Christ. And I want to take you to a story about David. And this was after the fact that he committed sin with Bathsheba. He committed adultery and he killed Uriah. And he was convicted of murder. And, and you know what God did? God did the greatest thing in the whole world as God did to me and everyone in here who has repented of their sin. He revealed his sin, David, through a great prophet. And that was Nathan who had the boldness and the courage to present David's sin before him. In Psalm 51 it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Now, transgressing is knowing it's sin and still doing it. It says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. You see, David accepted the sin that he committed. He says, my sin. He didn't blame Bathsheba. He took it upon himself because God revealed it. It was his fault. And he took the blame for it. And God, he only wants you to be honest with him. That's what he wants tonight. You see, the reason I love to come to this place is because people are real. You know, they're, they're, they're not about religion. They're about relationship with the Lord Christ and Savior. I love the people from New Covenant. You people are real. And you know what? You bless us because your people are real. You know what? It ain't about being religious. And I love you. And I, I just can't wait to share heaven with you as well. In verse 5 it says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the inward part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Change my heart, O oh Lord. What you, you sung tonight. David, change my heart, O oh Lord. See, David wanted to reveal everything and, and, and just say, Lord, reveal to me what I have done so I can come. And, and don't take your presence from me. Reveal to me. Church, let him reveal to you what you have done to keep you from coming closer and closer. Reveal to me. And that's the great... You see, I, I believe with my whole heart. I said, God, I said, why did you say David was a man after your own heart? I said, show me. Because you know why? God is no respecter of persons. And we can say, God, reveal to me why David is a man after your own heart. And I believe it was because of his gift of repentance. It wasn't because he was a great warrior that he killed a lion or a bear or that he killed Goliath because God gave him the power to do that. But he had a desire to repent and to reveal everything. Cleanse me with a hyssop. The hyssop branch, which they dipped in blood and they put over the doorpost of, of the night of Passover before the death angel would not touch him. And when you die, cleanse that heart with a hyssop branch, and you'll be covered by the blood of Christ. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. And that's my prayer tonight, church. That what? Each and every one of us. That should be our prayer. Let me read that again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I've never been so happy in my whole life. The night, the day that I accepted Jesus Christ. It was joy unspeakable and full of glory. I have no idea what happened to me, but I had a change upon me. I felt the presence of the Lord just come down upon me and forgive me a sinner who was miserable. You know... My brother Scott says, you know, I don't, I don't know if I met a, a nicer man than you. And Lord, just reveal to me. 
And I just went to Scott and I said, Scott, I said, you got to be careful, those people that are real nice. You can tell people that are really nice because those who love much have been forgiven much. Amen. And that's me. I've been forgiven much. And that's why I'm so nice. I'm so appreciative of being forgiven. Because I was so such a sinner. And praise God. He allows me to stand up before you. I shouldn't be here. Others should be up here preaching. One who are righteous. But Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinner to repentance. And praise God for that. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Carl, isn't that wonderful? Amen. Praise God. Deliver me from the blood guiltness of God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not despise, desire sacrifice, or I would give it. What's he saying there? For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. He don't desire religious acts, or I would give it. He desires truth. You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. He don't want the sacrifice. He wants your heart. He wants you to be real. Stop the religious act. He says, you do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Church, I believe that Jesus is coming back soon for the real church, not churchgoers, for the real church. I just want you to be like David and just be real. Just try to say, God, show me who I am. And more importantly, show me who you are. For God desires truth. He already knows who you are. You might as well just say, who am I, Lord? Reveal to me who I am. It's such a blessing. Lester preached upon repentance is your friend. That was the best sermon. That stuck with me, and I kept repeating that over and over and over again. And people thought, i come up with that. I didn't come up with that. I didn't come up with nothing. For God revealed that through Lester, but that was for me. Repentance is your friend. My goodness gracious. Those of you who are lost, why? God says, only a fool would not believe there's a God in his heart. Only a fool. Don't be a fool to meet God without being right with him, having revealed to you who he is. I want you to turn to Matthew 18, 21. Becky, in closing here, You know, this is what God has given to me, and I have no idea why. Yeah, I do have an idea why. You see, this is what I was given. The, the other, what I'd just been through, that was no extra charge. I, I could never pass up the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. That's, that's, that's my desire, is to lead one to Christ. But this is what. He talks about forgiveness in him. In church, if you've been forgiven, you must forgive. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother 
sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times. You see, Peter was trying to be religious here. You know, the Jewish law said give up the three times and Peter says, you know, I'll be, I'll be more special. I'll be more spiritual than that. I'll tell Jesus about seven times. He'll think I'm something else. But you know what? Jesus knew who he was. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And that's a day, church. That's a day. 70 times seven, a day. Keep forgiving, keep forgiving, and keep forgiving. You've been forgiven much. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands upon him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion upon your fellow servant, just as I had pity upon you? And his servant was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. We've been forgiven such a wonderful debt. And yet, church, non-Christians look at us and we aren't willing to forgive them. This message, if it wasn't for you, it was for me. You see, I held a, a grudge against a man at work. He didn't know that that he offended me. But I was so angry because we hired actually a Christian at work and this man went to him and says, you're, you're not able to do this. You're not qualified to do this. You shouldn't have hired you. They should have hired someone else. And he told this Christian. And I was so angry with him. And as long as I was angry with this man, I never felt the presence of God. I want to encourage you if you have anything against anyone, get free tonight. You know, I've heard the pastor talk about two deaths, Bob Finch's death and Howard's death. And at the hour of their death, I heard him say that they made sure that they were right with everyone. They made sure that they had forgiven everyone. He made mention of that, and that was... That was that just being my ears perk. Tonight, if you have anything against anyone, 
I want you to free yourself up. I want you to come free and let God bless you. Don't wait until you're dead. I want to read this last verse. It says, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Don't come here and play church when you've got something against somebody. You act like Jesus, you act like a Christian, and you forgive, and it'll free you up. It's not for the one that you're forgiven. It's for you. That man or lady does not have to be present tonight for you to forgive them. They could even be dead, passed away and gone, and you still hold that grudge against them. You have to come tonight and forgive them and ask God if he would give you the strength to forgive. Please have a clear heart tonight before you meet God. I love each and every one of you. Come if you have a need as they sing. against anybody I'm glad that he preached that because I told you this this morning that my brother he said I don't have an odd against anybody I was glad to hear him say that because two days later he was dead get a chance to say anything else if you have an odd against anybody come up here kneel at this altar we'll pray for you you know from time to time we can have hard feelings 
If you choose to be mad, you can be mad. I don't choose to be mad at anybody. I'm not mad at one person on earth. The only people I get mad at is the imps from hell, Satan himself, because I think he aggravates God's children all the time. And uh, tonight, you've got plenty of time to pray if you want to pray. While they sang another verse in the course of that, if you have an odd against anybody, come up. You can't worship God if you have bad feelings against anybody. I've tried it in the past. You know, it don't work. It definitely won't work. If you're upset at anybody, I get that off of my heart all the time. Because you can't pastor a church and stay mad at your people can't possibly do that because if they don't do to suit you turn them over to God and if your folks don't do to suit you turn them over to God that's what you have to do if you'll turn them over to God God can work things out for you wasn't that beautiful what he had to say tonight you know that was a beautiful, beautiful sermon that he brought forth to us. Some of us needs forgiveness in our heart. I'm not gonna say who I think needs forgiveness, but there's some people from time to time needs forgiveness because I don't know who needs forgiveness but he didn't bring that accidentally it was on purpose that he brought that that's what God God moves in his word One other thing, <clears throat> I was worked in a union for a long time. We were negotiating a contract. 
I was so mad at that company. Frank, you know that I used to get worked out when the people was being, uh, being punished. I was so aggravated at that company for what they'd said that day. I got in my car and I was down on 42, I believe at the motel down there. That's where we we're, were negotiating. And I got on 275 and I come to myself, I was just this side of Dayton, going to my house. I, I should have went south, but I went north. I was so upset. I didn't know where I was. And God got a hold of me. And you know, if you're not careful, you can get yourself all warped out over something you can't do a thing about. And uh, I ask you today, tonight, if you have a need, come forward, pray about it. God will iron it out for you. opportunity to preach 45 years ago that's his granddaughter
God bless you. I'm glad you were here tonight. Are you glad you were here? Praise God.